Hey, buddies, fellow Franco fans, welcome once again to the Franco Observer Podcast, to this episode 62, film 62, Les Chateaulices. But uh, before we get to that, just want to tell you, thank you for listening. Uh, as you know, we are at episode 62, and I come to you today from the uh, Franco Observer Podcast Studios, tucked down deep inside the Desperate Visions compound, where we are editing the two films that I speak of every week, and I am also doing wrestling practices, and uh, probably going to be working a job here on this holiday season to earn a little extra money and get going on that. Uh, so, uh, this is going to be a shorter intro because there isn't as much written on this film in the uh, book that I always take from, of course, every week, which is Murderous Passions, uh, The Delirious Cinema of Jesus Franco, Volume 1. And this goes right up until about, uh, I believe, uh, Film 64. Yeah, because then Justine uh, is Volume 2, and that's onward. So, yeah, this goes up to about 74, somewhere around there. So, uh, let's see. Um this film is not available really on Blu-ray or DVD. You can get uh, DVDs of it through the gray market, other DVD sellers. Uh, I myself had got a copy of Le Chateau Lys from Trash Palace and then got a copy of the other cut, Le Sexy Gondarici from um, European cult films. I think it's one of his... Uh, it's been a while since I ordered from them, but yeah, European cult films, I think this is the website, they're really good. But uh, yeah, if you have any questions on that, you can always get a hold of us at uh, Franco Observer Podcast at yahoo.com or our Facebook or uh, Instagram pages and uh, give you the information on that if you want to find that. But yeah, hopefully they would put this out on Blu-ray or DVD, obviously Blu-ray nowadays, but um, soon, you know, I mean... Uh, see Franco Cinema starting to come out a little bit more and more and more. Um, it's cool that he's always has uh, new fans always rediscovering his work. Uh, fans that are young and even older fans, people in their 30s, 40s, 50s, kind of discovering Franco for the first time or really digging into his work uh, as he's referenced and uh, pulled from other little facets of society. So, alrighty, well, here we go. So, yeah, this is uh, episode 62 Le Chateaulis, and here we go. All right, so this is uh, Le Chateaulis, France, 1974, and uh, original theatrical title in country of origin, Le Chateaulises, French for the Ticklers. Um, alternative title, Les Nuns et Folles, French alternative theatrical, uh, Nuns in Heat, and Le Sexy Gandrici, the Italian theatrical of God's Sexy Women. Production company and theatrical distributor is, just singular, Comptoir Francois de Film Production out of Paris. Uh, shooting date on this, uh, circa May of, or June of 1974. So yeah, late May, early June 74. And French visa issued on this was January 13th, 75. And uh, it played France March 5th of 75, and Rome, Italy, March 20th of 
1982. That would be, I believe, the uh, yeah, the God Sexy Women print, the Le Sexy Gunterici. Uh, let's see here. Theatrical running time, France, 102 minutes. Cast. Lean Romé plays Lulu. Fred Williams, Carlos Rivas. Pamela Stanford plays the role of Coco, also known as Sister Maria. Bigotini plays General Pancho Lopez. Monica Swim plays Mary Simon, brothel madam. Olivia Mathote plays the governor. Ramon Ardid plays Basilio, the general's second-in-command. Maria Mancini, another of Simone's girls. Uh, Brigitte Monin plays Sister Fifi, also known as Juanita Banana. Uh, Anna Glasak uh, is Sister Gigi. Caroline Rivera plays Sister Mimi. Lisa Ferrara is one of Simone's girls. Alfred Bellu convent caretaker uncredited Willie Brock Ramon revolutionary Nicole Gutierrez old prostitute and Suzuki Asian prostitute quite a big cast and uh, no Jess Franco yeah so oh yeah um, also too I have yet to watch this film just doing a uh, series of these intros for each film and reading about them and then we're going to knock out uh, a few maybe like two or three a day over the next few days so Kind of knock out. The schedule is a little bit tight right now, so we're trying to figure out the taping schedule. All right, credits on this director, Jess Franco, screenplay by David Kuhn, which is already, we know is Jess Franco. Adaptation and dialogue by Alan Petit, director of photography, Etienne Rosenfeld, music by Andre Benicho and Robert D. Nessel. Presented, producer, Robert D. Nessel. Uh, location manager, Victor Costa. Assistant Director Richard DeConnect, a.k.a. Bigotini. Uh, let's see. Okay. Still photographer, uncredited, Ramon Ardit. Yeah, because there's no uh, Howard Vernon in this, it looks like. All right. Uh, unless I missed his name. No, no, no Howard Vernon. Okay. All right. Production notes. During the shoot for Lorna the Exorcist, Franco also shot new scenes for Countess Perverse one of which was a humorous sequence in which Lena Romay berates aspiring writer Caroline Rivera for her gloomy obsession with death and murder. One wonders if this reflected Romay's then-current opinion of Franco, because the next three films they made together turn away from the dark side, and, like Celestine, Bonnetot Ferre, concentrate on sex in a lighter, more comedic vein. Two of the films were written by Alan Petit in May 1974 while attending the Cannes Film Festival, a process Petit recalled in The Manicoa Files. Just sent me what I, Jess sent me what I had to rewrite day by day, and I had to send him the result the day after. As I spent all day watching films in the Cannes Theater, I had no time left to sleep at night. At the time, my friends used to call me the only film critic who goes to screenings with his pillow and his teddy bear. When the screenings began, I started snoring. I wrote Le Chateau Lysis and Le Homme de Plus Sexy de Monde at the same time. All right, a review. Another cheeky, silly sex comedy, genial and frivolous, Le Chateau Lysis is a nunsploitation twin sister to Celestine, an all-around maid. Until an English-language version turns up, the charms of the dialogue are lost to non-French speakers. But remember that this is a farce. The, com the comic situations are easy to read without dialogue. 
The comedy certainly looks corny. It's the sort of a film where a man hides in a hooker's wardrobe during a raid but gives himself away to the authorities when a feather boa makes him sneeze. A gag that's played out three times before Bigotini's corrupt general finally breaks off from screwing Romay to investigate. Woody Allen the Saint. The funniest standout sequence is one in which a group of whores disguised as nuns conduct a mass under the suspicious gaze of the soldiers. Luckily, the would-be oppressors are a dim-witted bunch who don't even notice when the soliloquy digresses from holy catechism to cod-Latin nonsense about clitorises and rectums. Nor does a glimpse of black stockings under Romay's hitched-up surplus ring any alarm bells. Soon the foolish men are completely under the spell of these daughters of perpetual indulgence, at which point the comic Rumpy Pumpy that made Celestine such a chore gets another run around the paddock. Judging by the energetic, uninhibited performances, Le Chateaulis was great fun to make, but sadly that doesn't make it fun to watch. The film ends with the cast driving away in a horse-drawn carriage, waving merrily at the camera, a shot that tells you all you need to know about the raison de, about the raison de of the film and the state of mind of the director when he made it. Uh, there's a sense of frolics in the sun larking about, an antidote perhaps to some of Franco's extremely dark and troubling work at the time. By 1974, he had been working with Lena Romay for two years. Le Chateaulis and Celestine see him saying to his newly discovered muse, Stick around. It's not all doom and gloom. Franco himself told me that this was his favorite of the comedies he made for Comptour. So, giving it the benefit of the doubt, maybe its real enticement awaits sympathetic translation. All right, music. Latin American folk music occupies the majority of the running time, although a, a peculiar piece for a synthesizer pops up a couple times, too, showing as cavalier an attitude to historical ambiance as groovy rock songs and the demons. The Italian version, Le Sexy Gontarici, adds music by Andre Benicio. Uh, locations. The setting is once again the house and grounds of the Palacio Conde Castro Gumieres in Cascius, Portugal, something as a home away from home for Franco in the early 1970s. Connections. Franco's next non-exploitation film is the far more substantial Love Letters of a Portuguese Nun, 1976, which is a good film. Uh, other versions. Compared to the 97 minutes, compared to the 97 minute French video release of Les Chantelices, the Italian video version, Les Sexy Gantarici, plays for a lean 67 minutes, but includes explicit beaver shots directed and inserted by someone else. So yeah, those are the two versions I have that I have yet to watch. In 1975, the French magazine Sex Star System drew attention to a second French version with additional sequences not directed by Franco, and the magazine was edited by Jean-Pierre Buxum. The information probably came from Franco himself. It's possible, however, that this was just Le Sexy Gontarici dubbed back into French. Problematica. Uh, the actress, billed as Elisa de Franvel, appears in another three Franco films made in Portugal during roughly the same period. In Le Genesur, she's credited as Lisa Ferreira. In Le Grande Emerduces, as Lisa Ferreira. And she appears unbilled in the Italian re-edit of Julia 69, entitled Justine. All other reference sources conflict in reference both to her real name and her on-screen credit. Some sources consider Franval to be her real surname. 
However, given that she appears only in film shot in Portugal, it seems more likely that her name was Ferrara, F-E-R-R-E-R-A, or even F-E-R-R-E-I-R-A. Given that it appears frequently in the works of de Sade, the name of Franville was probably chosen by, Fre- by Jess. Yeah, which I agree. I don't think that's her real last name. Uh, for clarity's sake, we have chosen to use Lisa Ferreira throughout. All right, so that's what they have written on this film. So yeah, it sounds like it's just another light sex comedy um, where, you know, they hide out and uh, do the whole nun rogue gimmick deal. Alrighty, so yeah, this will be a shorter intro to this because there's not a lot uh, written, like I said, about it. Um, yeah, like I said, the DVDs and that aren't really available. Told you about the two copies I have. Um, also, to uh, please always download the show, uh, subscribe. It's always on your favorite listening platform. We're on probably seven or eight platforms now, at least so, somewhere around there. Um, everything from Amazon to uh, Apple and. Google and everything, Stitcher, all those. So, so yeah, subscribe, download, tell your friends, let everybody know, all that good stuff. Um, when the episode is posted of myself talking about Vampiris Lesbos on uh, Movie Loaf, I'll post that and let you know. And uh, we talk about Franco and talk about the Franco Observer podcast and all that good stuff. So, hope you enjoy all that. So, alrighty, well, thanks a lot and. Uh, Listen on through the bumper music for the uh, review of Le Chateaulises. Adios. Hey, welcome once again to the Franco Observer Podcast, buddies. This is your host, Jason Rudy, and I am here today to bring you episode 62, film 62, Les Chateaulises. And uh, somebody who had to watch this, and I did say had to watch this film with me, was my friend and uh, frequent reviewer, Mr. Eric Whitwell. Hey. 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 So, we were... Uh, Kind of happy to do this, uh, you know, catching up doing the uh, podcast and stuff. But this was probably the most boring Franco film I've yeah. probably watched out of the sixty plus that I've seen so far. Um, yeah, could have been like a half hour movie. It might have been maybe okay. I think it was enough to fill a half hour, but not ninety minutes. So no, it was super long. Yeah. So. <laughs> All right. So it wasn't. It wasn't. I mean, it was just like just drug on and on. I mean, it was only ninety minutes, but. That's, yeah, because it seems that was two hours. Okay, here's a synopsis. It's really short, and I think this is going to be a kind of a quicker episode. Synopsis. Maritania, 1915. A group of prostitutes led by Lulu and Coco hide a revolutionary, Carlos Ribas, in a brothel run by Madame Simone. A squad of government troops led by the corrupt General Pancho Lopez are hunting for Ribas. The girls are taken prisoner, but they escape to a Carmelite cove convent where with the connivance of the only man in the place an alcoholic dwarf gatekeeper they assume the identities of the nuns it's not long before general lopez comes looking for them but the girls maintain the pretense and seduce the soldiers one by one lopez announces that carlos ribas is to be hanged which causes consternation at the brothel the young man was their best customer the working girls decide to kidnap the son of a governor who convinces Rebus 
who convicted Rebus in order to secure his release. Yeah. Okay, so that little bit took an hour and a half, and it's like they went around every detour to get to those. Like it's really basic plot, too. And uh, as before I cut you off, Eric, so Eric, what do you think of this film? I I was really happy that it was over. Yeah, <laughs> me too. <laughs> really happy that it was over. We watched a lot of it fast forward. It was like first twenty minutes we watched, and then just like okay, this is getting really bad, and just had to keep hitting fast forward to kind of like skim through parts and just kind of follow it threadbare. Just kept repeating same shit and went into way too just step by step. This could have used a lot of editing. Oh yeah, and there was some decent dialogue though. There's some funny parts in the spoken word that I read that was okay, but but the humor was bad. But it was just I don't know. Yeah, like the like the the scene where they come in and the wasn't the first time the soldiers come into the covenant, and the they're, they're like we're going to search this place. And right. They go they go back to where the 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 nuns or whatever are having a prayer. Yeah. And uh, by the altar and everything, and then yeah. Yeah, and they you know they each one goes there's a bunch of them go up there and just mumble right. some stuff and. And the guys were just sitting down listening to it. That just went on. And then Lena, Lena went up there. Yeah. And, like, the joke was, you know, like she's saying this person, she's saying all these sexy things. Congo lingness, right. you know, sodomy, yeah. without wrestling. and stuff. Yeah, yeah trying it, to make it sound like a, yeah. Yeah, and so, like, she's saying all these words. But then it went she on, went on and, and on. And repeated for, like, three, four minutes. Like, a 30-second yeah. joke went on way too long. To yeah. Like, yeah she repeated kept, the yeah. same things that she was saying over and over and over. Yeah. Like, it was like, yeah. In case she didn't get the joke the first time. Exactly. Or the fifth time. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. And so it was just like, that was just like an example. And it was like, almost every scene was like that. Yeah. You know, when they're they're tricking the guys and knocking them out one by one, there's a line of like 12 guys. Yeah, and you have to show each one getting knocked yeah, they, out. <laughs> it's the same thing. They walk in, they get hit in the back of the head, and they fall. Yeah. 12 times. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's Yeah, that's just, yeah, it was... I don't know, man. Like, I was hoping, like, well, maybe there's going to be a cool camera shot. Right. You know, maybe there's going to yeah. be, like, some, like, you know, like, Something cool that's going to come out of left field or something that's going to really, like, okay, then, like, okay, let's, yeah. you know. And even the stuff that we look forward to, Lena and Pamela together or, or Lena and Monica together, something, it's just stupid and boring and just just not shot well. Yeah, very, like you are saying, yeah, the camera shots on this were very pedestrian, just a lot of side shots, no really, yeah. you know, there's... We'll go over the list and stuff, and he did hit a lot of the points, but it was just like, I don't know, it's so scattered. That's such yeah. film. It just, I'm, I'm shocked by that. Because <laughs> I have a 60 minute version, which in hindsight we probably should have watched because it's, you know, cut down a lot, and it has the uh, uh, later insert shots of like fucking and, and bushes and stuff. That's not them to add it on later, but like, I wonder if that would have increased the film or if we just would have made, made it more boring i don't know i mean 30 minutes i thought it's a lot to cut out but i can kind of see where 30 minutes is nothing that they could have cut out no know? yeah 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 that's uh one thing i did like that was lena as zorro <laughs> lena is like like naked as zorro and she looked really cool and i thought that'd be kind of a cool like in case you ever wondered if like a zorro movie with lena in it like that's what it would look like you know yeah and 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 she was cute with that hat and her fucking boobs and her and her little mask and everything and yeah. cape and and she looks good and franco had done uh, it was like marco zorro in another zorro film and in the past you know coming up through the ranks so it was kind of cool to see his little zorro thing in there again um but uh yeah and now uh, bigotini was okay and stuff and just ramona did was just so goofy and Monica Swim was cool, seeing her like smoke a big cigar, and Pamela Stanford looked great as usual, and and was cute, kind of like Susan Sarandon in this, 
And uh, I mean, it's funny to see them as nuns and stuff, but yeah, I just, it was just so boring and just so unfunny. Yeah. And it was like goofy funny, but not funny funny. And I mean, and there, and there was some good dialogue and there was some good like philosophy and stuff. And I know he's kind of like joking at religion and joking at the army and soldiers and, and the dictatorship under Franco and all that stuff in Spain. And, and I, and I understand what, you know, what it was, what he's goofing on, but you gotta be funny for goofing on somebody. Oh, it's, it's, yeah. it's not funny. Like literally at one point I was like sitting there watching it going like, just thinking like, fuck, this is, this is taking, I, this sucks. Yeah. Like this, like I almost wanted just to turn it off. Like I'm yeah. almost like, I know I, I never turn off a film. Like I try yeah. to just fast forward to the end. Just say that we watched it, especially with Frank. You got to get to the end of yeah. the, for the podcast and stuff, you know. But yeah, this was just, yeah, really, really. I don't know. It was I, killing me. I, yeah, <laughs> and like usually there's something like not all of his movies are great. You know what I mean? No. But there's always like something redeeming in most of his movies. Like there, yeah. you know, there's like I said, the camera angles. You know, uh, some of the locations. Like you know, it's it's like there's always usually something. Well, uh, uh, Lena's. Um, um, I can't think of the right word. Lena's uh, trimming was very nice in this. You her, know, but the uh, landscaped. You know, it, that's the thing. The movie sucked my soul out of me so bad <laughs> that even a naked Lena couldn't even bring me pleasure. Like you yeah. know what I mean? Like even that. Like I was like, okay. It's... Plus, outside of, of the podcast, like Eric's on one day off, working tons of hours. I've had a really crappy few days. My cars <laughs> broke down, so we're both coming into it kind of negative. So I was like. Okay, well, maybe a little bit of the negativity has something to do with it, or we're trying to enjoy this thing or something. But yeah, I, I, don't, I don't know. I think it was just a, a bad combination no, just, of all yeah, three. Yeah. No, no, no. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that, that's a, uh, yeah. So, but yeah, I don't know. It's, uh, <laughs> but this is fun. I mean, this shows you that I'm just, not just a shill for Franco, and if there's a bad Franco film, I, I will tell you it's bad. Yeah. I mean, I do like probably 95% of what I watch by him, but. This is going to be one of the five percent. I mean, there is a bit few. Like, I think this is like the second or third one that we've watched that we're like, ah, it's not very good. You know? Yeah. Um, all right, so let's knock out this list real quick. Okay. Uh, okay. Number one, Body of Water. No. No. Number two, Secor Sailboats Boats. Those don't go with Body of Water, so we have none of that. So those don't count. Number four, Palm Trees. Yes, they had some. We saw a lot of palm trees in uh, when they were trying to do the switch with the governor's son and all that, making sure he was alive and he showed up drunk bunch of palm trees in that section which went with the jungle sound effects birds uh number six chained up person no nobody was kidnapped or chained up or nothing and well, they weren't uh, chained up when the, well, they were just kind of grabbed and pulled into the cart like yeah they weren't right they were taken captive they had a can't yeah that's true yeah, yeah i don't yeah. really count that you're right uh seven dance scenes on stage stripping no club scenes dancing no Jazz music. Okay, the music in this is weird. It was like Spanish flamenco guitar and a few yeah. kind of like Sam Peckinpah, Wild Bunch, uh, kind of this old west type of music. And then it went into like some weird like synth, science fiction. Yeah, yeah. It's just a bizarre. Just the whole thing. Yeah, it shows all these things did not the pieces did not fit. Um, <laughs> ten excessive zooms. I didn't really count that. Uh, I mean, there's a there's, there's some zooms that were just kind of a yeah, but no, not nothing like excessive. No, it was really lazy filmmaking. Yeah. Actually, just the camera didn't move around a lot. Um, out of focus shots, not too many of that actually, because like I said, it was just a lot of stationary kind of just there. You yeah. know, medium shots, master shots. 
a few OTSs, but um, okay, I will say another twelve mirror shots. Yes, I did count quite a few mirror yeah, shots on this that I counted. And it's a couple sequences he started putting them together when he like had some style there for a few minutes, and then just kind of <laughs> went by the wayside. It was, it, it was like he woke up certain parts during the film. Was like, oh shit, I'm making a Franco film. I gotta like do this shit, and then he's like kind of yeah. out of the deal. Um, Too bad he went back to sleep. Yeah, I know. God. <laughs> uh, number thirteen, mind control theme. No, but you will be under mind control from watching this. Yeah. Uh, fourteen, magic tongue scenes. Yes, I yes. mentioned that. Uh, there's a scene about four or five of the girls in the bed, and I said, yeah, there's no magic tongue yet. And then I think Lena must have heard me because then she, her tongue went out. Yeah, her tongue definitely. He had a quick, few little quick snaps, and then went back in, yeah. back in for the cave. <laughs> Uh, so yes on that number 15 red light no uh, 16 sheepskin rug or masturbation with a letter C item no no I was really hoping to because there's that one scene where Lena's like basically masturbating and then the girl walks in and it's like oh oh yeah 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 with the, the beginning of the foursome but I was yeah. like fuck man okay where she grab the cross or like <laughs> grab a yeah, so I grab a crucifix or yeah, a, a candelabra yeah. or a candle or something. You're in a covenant. I'm sure they're covenant. Around. Yeah, covenant. <laughs> Just masturbate with the whole covenant. Yeah. It's a C item. Uh, let's see. 17 mad scientists. No. Fish tank shots. No. Talking animals, parents. No. 20 in credits. Yes or no? No. It was amen was the last word. And it was yeah. spoken by somebody, I guess, on the wagon going away. Uh, number 21, handwritten notes. No. We saw a silent sign, but that was not handwritten. It was regular. A spiral staircase. I didn't catch any. No. Um, inept cops. I'll say yes, because that's the soldiers and everybody yeah. is so inept. And so 24, good. belly chain. No. no. Nothing on that. Um, okay. Well, let me give you some things. Uh, this was called the um, Legion of... Su- Wait. That's, uh, that's the wrong one. Um which was the ticklers and I don't know what ticklers there's really nothing tickling about it really I don't know um, ticklers well, he is weird said, he said to the because remember um, what's his name like the Lena's ex-husband oh yeah he goes in and he talks mm-hmm. to the to uh, Bigotini. Bigotini yeah right he's telling he, all the shit he saw he's like oh and they were tickling and so I oh think yeah they, I think they, that's just a word for like fooling around could be yeah that makes sense yeah, yeah good, good call so yeah it was yeah, just kind of funny um, let's see. So, yeah, um, the nuns in heat, which is kind of funny. That's a little more, uh, on the point and God, sexy women. Um, yeah, it's funny that one. And then we have his stepdaughter is uh, pregnant in the film, which is funny. Yeah. They talk about her and talk about how she can, uh, feel the baby kick and everything already. And then right she, before the lady goes down. On yeah. Her. <laughs> and then she talks about how she can feel the baby kick and then she goes down on her and buries her head <laughs> between her legs. So that's in, in, in her nuns habit at that. On top yeah. Of that. So, yeah. So. I don't know. I mean, there's, there's funny. It's, and it sounds funny that we're talking about it, and that's probably funnier talking about it than actually watching it. So yeah, I mean, there, there's maybe like two minutes of good footage in this film. It started off cut together. Yeah, I mean, it started, it started off okay. So weird. It started yeah. off like with like, like it was dead silent. And it yeah, was no just, music, no opening music at all. It was kind of a shaky camera too. Right, like, like going and zooming onto one person, then panning across. It was kind of shakily, then down yeah. a little bit, showing each person's face. bar. Yeah. It was just silent for a long time. Yeah. And then... Bigotini comes in with his shirt open. Yeah. (laughs) His tummy was out the whole time. Yeah. Big time. I thought he was the one that was pregnant. (laughs) But, uh, yeah, so, I don't know. But, yes. Like, like even the scene, like, where he's, like, he's, like, 
Like they're doing like the switcheroo on Big Otini. Like he's like talking about the chili pepper. Like yeah, his little chili pepper. Like he kept talking about the chili pepper. Like she kept asking like five minutes of questions about the chili. Oh, I know. But what part was funny? He goes, "Oh, his wife." And you know what he's trying to say he's like, "No, he's dancing around." But then he goes, "Oh," and then she goes, "Would you mind if I if I give your if I bring your chili pepper home to my uh, home to my grandma?" Yeah. He's like, "Oh, I don't know about that. How old is he?" She goes, "81 years old." He's like, "Oh, I don't know about that." It's yeah. like funny. He's like. He was wanting Vigatina to fuck his her eighty uh, one year old grandma, so yeah. I thought that was kind of funny. I mean, there's a few little parts are humorous that made me giggle, but that's yeah. I don't know. Yeah, for an hour and a half. That's so yeah, funny. yeah. It was it was stretched really long. Yeah, really. it's like it's like taking at uh, putting a uh, twenty pounds of flour in a ten pound bag. It's just going to just stretch and break and just you know yeah. just spill all over the place and be a total waste. So yeah, <laughs> so that kind of gives you what you want to check it out. But no, I mean I don't know. I, this is a film that I wouldn't really care if it gets put on Blu-ray. <laughs> One of the first times you'll hear me say that, so I guess each episode is a little different, so that's kind of new. Um, uh, I think this is fine being on the version. I mean, the quality we saw the was okay. Uh, the sound sh- was shitty. It sounded like popcorn the whole time, yeah. popping all the way through. And I did like the real changes and the film scratches in a few sections. To me, that's always gets points for me because I always dig that. Gives yeah. that grindhouse look. But um, yeah, I don't know, man. I just this is that's not a film I enjoyed. Um, hopefully, they had a good time when they were making it. Um, uh, it even even the locations weren't even great. There was that one like Covenant they filmed in, and then like some of the outdoor stuff. And they did that same joke with the soldiers tied to the horse, oh, and it was well, running okay, from those, town to town and town. I guess those guys were tied up. I didn't oh yeah, I didn't think about that. that. Yeah, yeah, good call. They were tied they up. Were yeah, tied chained up, up okay. tied up. Yeah, yeah. So I, I, I was I'm saying, I didn't think about it. Yeah, you're yeah, totally yeah, right. I totally forgot about that too. But that joke of them just going, it was like, meanwhile, in some yeah. town here, and it was like miles and miles away, and the horses were running, and they were tied up, smiling, yeah. dumb, and just stupid. Yeah, yeah, it was almost like Mel Brooks or sixty style, just goofy. I don't know. I guess it's a, I guess it's a sex comedy, but it's just a goofy fucking comedy. Yeah, but I don't know. So, so yeah, I think that's going to be a uh, kind of a uh, interesting um, episode. But like I said before, it's glad that each episode's different. And we're not just all saying, "Hey, this is the greatest Franco film you got to see," and this one kicks no, ass, no, and no, blah blah no. blah blah blah, because. Yeah, this is one that we can say, well... Oh, but one thing I will say, though, is um, this is made in 74. I know, I think, like, there's films made before this where prisoners or criminals hide out in, like, monasteries or something, I think, before... I'm sure that was done before this, but other films that we were talking about, uh, Sister Act, other stuff, you could see where pieces of this... I'm not saying they watched this or anything, but you can see how this was a concept that became kind of Hollywood later on of... uh, of a criminal female on the run or especially with the prostitution angle of like either for a prostitute now they're a nun or they're pretending to be a nun hiding out and you know changing yeah. identity and shit and especially the sex to the nun angle that's you, you've seen that quite the a few times like, yeah like yeah little, yeah you know and it's like and then with little kids or something this didn't have any kids in it but usually it's like teaching the kids the right from wrong or bullshit stuff or you know so Actually, kids and, and talking animals would have helped this film quite a bit. Quite a bit. Because Ramon Ardid was kind of the kid in this, and his bad dubbing of like an idiot or something was just yeah. bad. But um, so. Well, in Bigotini, like he is a, a more and more like uh, recognizing his uh, his comedic. He's definitely a, a physical comedic actor. Yeah, you know? and he's almost like a lead. I mean, he's 
yeah. not the lead in this, but pretty close to the lead in this film. I mean, he's in it all the time, and he's, you know. He was doing really good slips. Like, whenever he was yeah. like, trying to run, he'd start sliding and slipping. And Yeah, there's that one on the bed right there where he was with the guy dressed as the night, and it almost looked real like he kept slipping on this yeah. thing on the bed. Like, I was actually pretty funny on well, that. Also, you know? anytime the guy would yell guards when, the, when they were, like, going up to the governor holding a sword to him saying, like, release Rebus or I'll, we'll get you. Right. And then they leave. Right. Um, <laughs> and he says guard and Bigotini comes running out. He always kind of slipped and slid a little bit too. When he was yeah, yeah, up. yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's uh Yeah, so if you want to see Bigotini slipping and sliding, this is the film for you. Other than that, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> yeah, and you see him with his fucking gut hanging out. But yeah. so, um, Speaking of guts hanging out, uh, if you want to donate to the show, uh, go ahead and do that. We have a new donation button on the show. Uh, also, to download and subscribe, uh, please, and tell a friend about it, and then they can learn about what a shitty movie this is. <laughs> um, and if you want to find out and see cool pictures from this movie, you can find it on Facebook or Instagram on our Franco Observer page. And if you want to write us and tell us how much you disagree and that this is your favorite movie ever, you can do that at uh, FrancoObserver yeah. at Yahoo.com. And if you actually do that, we will read those on the air because uh, I don't think anybody will. I don't, who knows, though, man? I don't know. I'll have to go back and read this Stephen Thor thing and see if he likes this or what. But, uh, yeah, he says, uh, cheeky, silly sex comedy, non-exploitation twin sister to Celestine, uh, farce, uh, looks corny, uh, yeah, played out three times, yeah, uh, the funny... Woody Allen this ain't. <laughs> uh, oh, yeah, and they're saying the funniest standout sequence is one of the group of whores disguised as none conduct a mass under the suspicious gaze of the soldier. That's the thing that you were talking yeah. about. Um, uh, da, 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 yeah, so it's, they're not really too hip on that. So uh, It was great fun to make, but sadly that doesn't make it fun to watch. The end film ends with the cast driving away in a horse-drawn carriage waving merrily at the camera, a shot which tells you all you need to know about the raison, the re, the raison d'etat of the film and the state of mind of the director when he made it. Uh, da, 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 yeah, so... Um, but yeah, so that's the movie. Uh, music on this is interesting. Yeah, so it's uh, Latin American folk music, majority of it, and then synthesizer pops up a couple of times too. Uh, Italian version adds music by Andre Benichou. Yeah, so the other version they'll have is the uh, the shorter version, um, sixty seven minutes, and it includes explicit beaver shots directed and inserted by someone else. So, <laughs> so yeah, that's always a good thing. So. Alrighty, well, with those words, I think uh, I think Beaver Shaws is one of the good last words yeah. to kind of wrap this up. So, um, any, any closing words? Yeah, beautiful nights. Yeah, beautiful <laughs> nights, and uh, don't watch this film. Yeah. Good night. Uh-huh.